Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. We've, uh, we've, been, we've covered a fair amount of ground, at least in my mind anyways. And, and tonight I want to, I'm going to try to sum it up and get to the, the main focus of all this preparation, so to speak. Talking about our first love. Talking about Yeshua. Talking about the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And how the most potent chemical substance in my mind to ever touch the face of the earth is the blood. And how he was the lamb, the spotless lamb, the only begotten of the Father. And how he moved on the day of atonement. He moved from the sacrifice to the high priest. We talked a little bit about that last week. And I want to go ahead and start there and, and kind of wrap that up because there's some important things. Remember how we talked about, uh, I had heard that the rabbis back then and probably still now, I don't know very many rabbis, I don't know any rabbis, but they would hint, they would hint, and they would, like Yeshua with the parables, they would say something to see if you're going to ask another question or see if you're going to pursue or to see if you're, if you're going to seek. Seek first the kingdom. And not that he's trying to trick us or not that he's trying to hide it, but that first love, that fire must burn. And the one thing, remember we talked about one thing? The one thing makes it all simple. For a guy that can't stand multitasking, one thing makes it real simple. Simple and true. And that's what he's done for us. And that's who he's calling us to be. And so the high priest, if we can start there, if we can start there where you... The, the ceremony of the high priest and how, remember, we, well, the, top, the, the types and the shadows that are all through Scripture that speak of Yeshua, 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 when you look for them. And it says in Colossians how this mystery that had been hidden from the ages and the generations has now been revealed in the saints, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Right? Remember? And remember how we talked about the dove led the lamb? And if, the, if, the Holy, if, if Yeshua's in here and the Holy Spirit's leading us, it's the same pattern that we saw with Christ himself when John the Baptist stood knee deep and probably moved out to waist deep and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And whenever Yeshua himself came up, he looked up and the dove came down and he was empowered and his ministry began. It's a pattern. It's what's been in Yahweh's heart this whole time. Right? You agree with me on that? It's so awesome. It's so wonderful. It's such a, it's such a gift. It's such an honor. It's such a privilege to walk and move and have our being in this thing of the Spirit, and to be associated with this place and the labor of this man and the love of this man and the foundation this man laid. And we talked about that last week, kind of don't dishonor that. Let's move on in to where we're supposed to be. And I'm talking to myself, and I'm encouraging you if you want me to. I mean, <laughs> I can't get on my, I can't get on my family, you know, I mean, but the point is, there's more. He's been preparing us for more. It's an ever-increasing kingdom. It's life or death, remember? The tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, tree of knowledge, information, Babylon, our life. It's simple. It's not hard. We're gaining or we're losing. It's corruption or incorruption. It's him or it's not. So, let me get on to my point because I hadn't, anyways... The high priest, you know, we loved on him, talked about him at first and then halfway through the second. And I had trouble trying to teach, so I got me some slides this time. 
Ooh, I got some slides. <laughs> yep, you heard it. That's right. So forgive me. But when you go back to the pattern, when you go back to the type in the shadow, the tabernacle, Yahweh himself told Moses, build what you see, what I showed you on the mountain. I want a tabernacle right in the middle of my people. I want to camp out with them because I love them. Yeah, there's some do's and don'ts, but there's also the system of the sacrifice. There's also the system of a way to not be killed. There's also a way to have relationship if you see the type in the shadow, and that's what I want to talk about. Okay. If you would put that slide up with the, the high priest. So the tabernacle, we remember, has the it's a curtains. It's just a it's a tent, so to speak. You know, I don't want to. I'm not trying to discredit it because it's an awesome thing. I know you can tell I wasn't there. Because whenever, whenever that ground shook and Nadab and Abihu got zapped and all that kind of stuff for monkeying around, you know. But, so I mean no disrespect, but it was portable, right? It was, y'all agree with that? Am I remembering right? It was portable. And it was a pattern that he showed Moses, a pattern of heaven. Say that. Say that with me. A pattern of heaven. Remember in Isaiah? It talks about the seraphim. And I like the, I, I, any, any chance I get to say it, I got to say it because the old, the King James Version, it says that the seraphim, with twain he covered his feet, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he did fly. That's six wings. And they cried one to another. They cried one, holy, holy, holy. And where, where that arch was, I, Miss Sandy's helped me with this, where that arch was, that's where the presence of Yahweh was. So the tabernacle, right? We had the outer court. We had, it's a, a big rectangle type. Y'all have seen the pictures. And there's an altar out where the body of the animal was burned. And Aaron's was the high priest and his family. And the Levites were the workers there. But the priest was a mediator. Say mediator. mediator. And the high priest was the high priest. He was the, he was the chief. Say the chief mediator. As a type, say that, and a shadow of what was coming. Yeshua. Okay. So Aaron, there's a very specific dress they wore. And the, well, let me get the tabernacle. So you got a tent and the curtains that go around. It's rectangle shape. You go in on one end. There's the altar. There's the, the, uh, the laver, brass, bronze laver where you wash your hands. Then there's another little a building that has curtains around it. And when you step in there, they call that the, the holy place. And there was the lampstand, golden lampstand. There was a table of showbread. And then there was an altar of incense. And it all had meaning. And then behind that was the veil. Is that right? The holy of holy. And the Ark of the Covenant was in there. The Ten Commandments were in there. Aaron's rod. Hey, Apostle Aaron. <laughs> Good. Miss Robbie, hello. <laughs> Bless you guys. Aaron's rod was in there that budded. And then there was some manna. But there was a, a special day. One time a year. And I think because Nadab and Abihu... If I'm saying it, that's the right, guys. It's not Ananias and Sapphira, but <laughs> Nadab and Abihu, they, they offered that profane fire, and Yahweh says, look, we're going to do this one time a year. And there's going to be a special ceremony. And it, and it, it was a pattern of what was going to happen for us. So one time a year, they had a bull, and they had some uh, lambs and goats, and there was a certain way they would let the blood out. And so the priest, or the, the regular priest, wore white. It was a four-piece garment. And you can see it under the high priest. See the, the tunic and the turban? That was common on the priest, every priest. 
not the high priest. And then they had a, the tunic went down, covered him all the way, see how far it goes to the bottom? And then they had a pair of, like, long underwear, kind of shorts. And there were four pieces to the standard priest gar priestly garments, and they were all white. But the high priest, he had this, this special setup. And that's what I want to talk about. And as we, as last night or last week, I labored through trying to, you know, talk about really what's the, the fire and the passion is about what Yeshua did and trying to describe what happened in the natural, what happened many thousands of years, hundreds of years before he came and did what he did. And, and that was to be the mediator. That would be the high priest. But let's look at this. And so as I, as I studied up on it and, thought about it there's so there's four pieces of there's four garments for the priest well there's four more for the for the high priest and that's the uh let's see here the e5 see how it goes it's like an apron type and you got the blue robe there's a sash and there's a breast piece that has the 12 names and then you have, it hangs on his shoulders. And you Hebrew scholars and all, I mean, I, I know there's a lot to all that. It was the 12 names of the, it was the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. Is that correct, Apostle Aaron? But as I prepared last week and just, just fired up on him, Yeshua, again, I mean, and just studying out this high priest thing, this role, because in my spirit, I, you focus on the lamb and all that's important, but it, it kept going. And, and believe it or not, the title of what I'm talking about is Entering the Rest. But I'm trying to explain and lay the foundation of how it is rest, like none other, because it's, it's done. It's finished. In the eyes of Yahweh, it's done. Forever. There's no enmity between God and man now because of what his son did. And, and we have to know that. And so, he's gone on to holier. I like that one because it didn't have a face in it. I don't like them pictures of Yeshua, you know what I mean? I want to have my own version of it, you know what I mean, in my mind. I don't want it messed up. You know, and I'm sure there's some good ones out there. but So, this is the best one I could find. Anyways. So as I was studying it out, and all that stuff's neat, and there's the Urim and the Thummim, and it's, it's stuck in here, and all those wonderful things in the breastplate, the two, the two pieces that just I, I could not get away from and just have stirred and stirred and stirred and stirred are at the top of the garment, the gold plate that says holiness unto the Lord. The gold plate that covered Aaron's mind, covered his forehead. You see the, the little blue string in the middle? They put blue cords on the back, and they were long, and they wrapped it a certain way and kind of brought it over and made it real fancy and made it look pretty and blue, with blue representing the heavens, the heavenlies, the courtrooms, and all that stuff. And then the very bottom, the bell and the pomegranate. And that, that set of bells, would, when the high priest walked, would make a sound. And it rang, and it jingled. And remember last week, we kind of, I mean, I was quickening in my spirit hard on that. We stopped a minute and acted like we could maybe hear it. You know, I, could, I thought I could hear it. I was hearing something, and it was a sweet-sounding bell, and a bunch of them jingling along. And it, it just, so those two those two pieces I want to look at tonight a little closer. And we're going to move through what Yeshua did as the Savior and the high priest, the mediator. So on the Day of Atonement, one time a year, there was a special ceremony. And the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and place the blood of a bull on the mercy seat. And the presence of Yahweh would come down and, and, and inhabit that. So 
If we think about what Yeshua's done for us, he went into that place when he died on the cross. If we look, let me, let me finish the pattern out. So he go, when they actually go in, they take the outer eight garments off and he just goes in. The high, this is the high priest's protocol. He took those garments off. He laid aside his glory. He laid aside his glory. Emmanuel, God with us. He laid aside his glory and became the sacrifice. He presented the blood in a bowl and he put it on that mercy seat. And it says something about eastward. It says it's always east. It's always east. New beginning. Always got to do with east when we're talking about something new, something fresh. Spring of the year. Sun comes up in the east. All this stuff started over in the eastern part of the world and it's come up and gone over and now the sun's setting in the west. I mean, you know, think about it. Realize, look, let's look at what, what he's saying to us. So Yeshua goes in. No, the high priest goes in, puts blood on the mercy seat, comes back out, washes up, and puts his holy garments on. Comes back out and then burns the bodies of the animals that the blood had sacrificed, right? The wages of sin is death, right? Something has to die. Blood represents and shows that the life of something has been, been released. And when Yahweh sees that, just like at the Passover, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. The only, only way to, the, only, the only remission of sins comes through that blood of Yeshua, the spotless lamb. So the bell and the pomegranate. I couldn't believe this. Well, I could. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Don't say that out loud. You're encouraging the people. Don't. Don't act like there's any doubt. So let's read, let's read in Exodus chapter 28, verses 31 through 38. It says, you shall make the robe of the ephod all of blue. You remember that? That was the one that's got the pomegranate. It's a blue robe that goes underneath and it has the... There shall be an opening for his head in the middle of it. It shall have a woven binding all around its opening, like the opening in a coat of mail, so that it does not tear. And upon its hem you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet all around its hem. And the bells of gold, and bells of gold between them all around. And a golden bell and a pomegranate. And a golden bell and a pomegranate. And upon the hem of the robe all around. And it shall be unto Aaron when he ministers. And its sound will be heard when he goes in to the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out that he may not die. The bell and the pomegranate. What has this man been talking about? The in and out lifestyle. What is the key for the high priest to go in and out? It was the bell and the pomegranate. When that sound came, the Lord said so he would not die. That's what it says. There was a drawing to that, that description. And so when we talk about moving forward and moving into what Yeshua did for us, I believe. And this is, this is what I see. It's, this is not in Scripture. But I believe that when, she, when Yeshua went into the throne room, placed his own blood in the presence of Yahweh, that the mercy seat represented, that the offering was accepted. And at that time, as we all know, the veil was rent. The Holy Spirit was released. And 50 days later, it came into the earth. But, I kind of have a picture of Yeshua coming out after he finished the sacrifices, walking out of the holy place, looking to his father for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, right? With a smile on his face, raising his hands. And at that moment, 
when the wind of the Holy Ghost came out of that place, going to Pentecost, the bell and the pomegranate made a dangling sound, made a sound that could be heard through all eternity. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I mean, I can hear the ringing of the sound and think about the people at Pentecost. This is not in Scripture, but think about who was there. The 120, they're kneeled down with their knees pressed into the hard rock waiting on Yeshua, and they heard the bell and the pomegranate, and they said, here comes my high priest, but no. I prayed the Father, and I asked him to send another. Whoever, who showed up but the Holy Ghost? They're inseparable. The dove and the lamb back together again and released. And it said when his flesh was rent, the temple, the veil was rent from top to bottom. And it said his flesh was ripped. And when they went up and poked him, stabbed him, his hands were nail scarred and his side was riven. When they ran that spear, I believe they hit, hit him in the lung, his apparatus, his apparatus for breathing. It said the side is all it says. You know, I believe he hit him in the lungs. <sighs> Ruach Kadesh. And when the spirit of Yeshua was released, then the Holy Ghost was released. It said blood and water ran out. Remember? Blood and water signifying the pair. They're inseparable. That's what it's all about. Why did Yahweh let his son die and not Isaac? Remember the tabernacle? He wanted to be in amongst his people. He made a way. You know how you in the evening times when your kids were little, you'd go in there and lay down with them? And I remember what I'd tell Sam. I hope it don't embarrass him. I said, hey, buddy, you got any room in here? You know, And we, the lights would be off, and then we'd fall asleep. And That's what Yahweh wants from us. That's what the tabernacle was all about. That's what his son and his son was all about. They put, he put him in a meat grinder. Died the most horrific death that could be ever the worst there is. And that lamb became our mediator and became our high priest. The apostle and high priest of our confession. And that's what he's done. And that's who he is. So we've got the bell and the pomegranate, the in and out. You see that, Mark? I don't know what all that means. I just saw it and I couldn't help it. I mean, the screen. We're tracking on this stuff, aren't we? We're going we're gonna to get to where he wants us to go. The type in the shadow of the high priest, when you were talking about Solomon, I don't know how to come in and don't know how to go out. Well, there wasn't but one that could go in and out of the holy place. And he says right there, if you had that on the bottom, you could, you could do it. So you won't die. There's a, there's a mystery there. There's a mystery there. And I hope it lines up what what's going on here now. So let's continue to read. You shall also make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it like the engraving of a signet, holiness to the Lord. That's the that's not up there anymore. But remember, it's the gold plate that goes over his mind. So we got the bells at the bottom and the pomegranate where you can come in and out, and then we got this gold plate, and it's pretty simple what it says. Holy to the Lord, holiness unto the Lord. Keep our mind on the Lord. Is that right? Yes. And you shall put it on a blue cord. There's the blue cord. I think the blue represents heaven. My mind. And it may be on the turban. It shall be on the front of the turban. So it shall be on Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel hollow in their and their holy gifts, and it shall always be on the forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. And that's really the last two, two and a half nights is to get to this point. <laughs> He's done it all for us. Whether we believe it or we don't, I believe it or I don't. In this position of rest, in this position of being seated in, in what he's done and believing him is what's been just, just gnawing on me over this past couple months, a little longer, really. And when Mark asked if I wanted to speak, I knew what the subject was going to be, and it's written on the chalkboard, I'll give you rest. And we didn't, you know, we didn't collaborate. 
So it's important. It's been stirring in my heart. So I told y'all I had some slides, right? So the mind. So if we go on those two things, the in and out with the pomegranate and the bell, can you hear it ringing though? I told. I walked out Sunday morning. We're sitting there, and my wife and I are talking, and, I, and we were just talking about a wind chime. And it was like, what? That verse, what? A wind? I got to get me a wind chime. Hey, if y'all find one with a bell and a pomegranate on it, and when the wind of the Holy Spirit moves it and it makes that sound, and it rings, it'll ring in this heart. It'll ring, in, and hopefully it'll ring in yours. If y'all can find one of those, let me know. Maybe we can get something. So, bell and the pomegranate, and then the mind, right? The mind. And I've read the Matthew 11, 28 through, we're not reading that yet, but I've read that every night, and I'm going to read it again, but I want to go ahead and get started on this thing about the mind. And, and, and it's where Yeshua himself, after being a sacrifice, after being a mediator, after being obedient, only doing what his father told him to do, when they dogged him in the streets of Jerusalem, he offered my peace, my peace I give to you. That's pretty strong, especially from who it's coming from. He offers that as a place. And there's a position in rest that's better than escape. I've said that a couple times. In other words, when you're in a tough situation, you pray God to get you out. And he's saying, come closer. Come tabernacle with me. Come, come, come walk in what I've already prepared for you and rest. And you're going to operate at a higher level, but inside you're going to be a sea of glass because I'm a sea of glass. And I am offering my peace. My peace is what he says. So... We know that. But there's some issues. You can put the next slide up. Y'all going to think I'm crazy here. You ever heard of a zombie ant? <laughs> Who in here has ever heard of a zombie ant? This is what happens, guys, when your best buddy is a taxidermist. <laughs> this is what me and Coit talk about. We are revealing... I don't know if it's Bubba talk. I don't know what it is. But this is what we talk about. Nature. So remember the gold plate over the mine, okay? Holiness unto the Lord. The top left, there's a lot to read there. I'll just run through it real quick. The top left, this is in, the, this is in Thailand. Zombie ant fungus in Thailand. This is what's robbing us from our rest. Is what I'm getting. I mean, look at it. Look at it. Let me go through it. I don't want to get to the. So, how to make a zombie ant? There's a there's there's these carpenter ants that live, and they're all there's different versions of this, but this is the one that had the best diagram. There's these ants that live up in the canopy. See up there where it says canopy in 100 feet in the bottom right? And when he comes down to forage on the floor, there's a spore that gets on him. Are all the kids gone? This is gross. <laughs> we, we watched this one time when Sam was a little kid and he had nightmares. It was BBC. <laughs> the old BBC, the blue planet Earth or something. Okay, so there's a carpenter ant, right? And he gets infected. Look at number two. After two days, the ant leaves its tree colony, climbs down to a spot where the humidity and temperature are optimal for the fungus to grow, and the ant crawls onto a stem, the underside of a leaf, and bites into it with its main mandibles on the middle of the vein of the tree so it won't fall when it dies. So this fungus gets on him, climbs up, and this is the stuff. <laughs> there's, a, <so laughs> there's a spot in our brain. There, I don't know if there is or isn't. Let's go with this. There must be a spot, there must be a spot that controls everything. You know what I'm saying? 
And that fungus goes for, it may be as, and we, this is the kind of stuff we talk about. Is it as big as a golf ball? Is it as big as a softball? Is it as big as an orange? But that fungus has gotten on the ant, has, has climbed in his body, and it takes control of the mind of the ant, and, and it does its bidding. Uh-oh. Got serious now, didn't it? It does its bidding. And that fungus controls it. So if you control that little spot, you control the whole, the whole creature. You control the whole ant. And keep reading what it does. Are all the kids going? I don't want to mess them up. <laughs> Here's a bad part here. Number three. The fungus consumes the ant's internal organs, using its shell as a protective casing. The main stem erupts from the back of the head of the ant and grows. You see it? See that diagram? So it doesn't. It whips him down, controls him, runs him up a tree, makes him bite on it, kills him, uses all of his innards. I mean, it's pretty gory. Wages of sin's death, okay? This thing comes out the back. You see that round thing? That big on the, the piece that's coming? This is real scientific. I know. That round thing? See that? See that antenna coming out of the back of his head? There's a big old ball on it, right? Guess what that is? Spores for it to do it all again. To do it all again. The killing zone, C4. He goes up there and he gets that fungus. I don't know how it knows it. It gets it in the right so that all the moisture in that thing can grow. It won't grow up in the top. It has to get down in a certain spot. And then the spores come out, right? See that? The spores come out and get on other ants. And the whole cycle starts all over again. The renewed mind. How are we going to walk in peace? How are we ever going to get to where we're supposed to go without our mind stayed on him? Okay, that's pretty, you can go ahead and go to the next one. There's a real one. The wages of sin is death. <laughs> okay, you can turn that off now so I can get to my. It's pretty, it's pretty good stuff. So Yeshua's done it all, right? He's paid the price. He's paved the way. He's been the sacrifice. He's been a mediator. He's prayed the Father. The Father has sent the Holy Ghost. And then here, here's what he says. Let's go ahead and read this, and then we'll get into Matthew eleven twenty eight. I've read it all three times, and this is what, this is what we're after. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I'm gentle and humble. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeshua is inviting us to yoke up with him. Graham Cook, you ever heard of Graham Cook? He has some great teaching on overcoming negativity and entering the rest through. And he says that Yeshua is inviting us to yoke up with him and they put an old ox with a young ox so the old ox can teach the young ox how to work. He never said we weren't going to work. Rest does not mean, it says, my peace I give, but not as the world gives. The world says you got to go up and be a Tibetan monk. You got to separate yourself and you do to some point, but taking things away will never add rest. Rest comes from one thing, the addition of someone, one, our God. It's not the taking away. My peace I give. He's inviting us to a yoke relationship, to walk and to operate at high levels. Not to be, remember how I said I got him a pickup? Looked over there and there's, Seven or eight buttons to roll the windows down. There's one or two to adjust the mirrors. There's a speedometer. There's a tachometer. 
There's a box in the middle that says forward tough. There's buttons to turn the volume up, buttons to turn the volume down, cruise control. There's a box in the middle that tells me the name of the song, who's playing it, who's singing it. It's got an equalizer. I mean, it's got a heat seater, a seat heater. <laughs> it's got everything known to man. And all I want to do is drive. And multitasking is kicking my butt. Come unto me all. I'm not saying I got fungus. I'm not admitting that. But let me ask you this. Hold on. We're not done with that. But he, so he's inviting us, right? Why aren't we there? Our first love is stirred. We love him. Belief. I believe. It's that simple. I believe in you. Either you did it or you didn't. I'm going up or I'm going down. I'm going to step off of this foundation that we have been built, that has been laid in this place. We're going to step off. I'm not doing, I'm not saying another thing. So, this fungus, they, they interviewed, so your, our mind, our mind is what keeps us from there, I believe. If our heart's pure, if we know him, if we love him, what else is stopping us? The thought life, the thought patterns, the negativity. Eh, mm, the body language. Mm. Nobody knows what's inside of you until you release it. I have no idea what you're thinking until you speak it. And who said that? Mama said, don't, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. It's more than that. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It's more than the power of suggestion. They don't have Yeshua. They don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't have the blood in the water. They don't have the bell and the pomegranate and the wind that blows and the tongues of fire. We do. And it's been forged out of a rock right here. It's been pounded. And the only thing keeping us from keeping me, this is about me. This ain't about really about y'all. He asked me, you know, Mark asked me to speak, but I'm, I'm down on me. And it's not about sin. It's just about, am I going to do it or not? Am I going to move? So that fungus, right? They said, they interviewed, and I'm not going to mention his name, but they interviewed one of the worst serial, all the kids gone, <laughs> serial killers there ever was. You know, and I, this, this is family tonight, so I'm not getting into no details, but uh, it all started when he was nine years old and he found some inappropriate literature. The one with a little bunny on it. That spore was set. And that mine. And he, he stewed over it. And he stewed over it. And he probably moved, I don't know, moved up. But you can picture how the fungus took root, got the control, and then he began to act out. He, he, he did sin's bidding. He did the fungus's bidding. And everything, so these spores, right? What's the spore? Tell me what you think the spore is for us. I'm not a trick question, guy. It's our words. I can sit right here. We're going to go on. Mark say it's going to go on. This is an example. It's a terrible example. Don't, I'm not. Mark can say we're going on. Eh. And my words can affect you. Just to cause, to cause a little stumble, maybe. Maybe not make you fall all the way. But instead of coming out of the blocks hard and strong like you did when you were your first love with the Savior of your soul, maybe you stumble or maybe you hesitate or maybe you pause. And I'm not saying it's going to end up affecting you to where, but it could. The analogy on this, all the ants, it just kept going over and over and over and over. What's coming out of my mouth? You know, my peace I give, not as the world gives. It's not, it's, let peace guard your heart and your mind. Let peace, there's a position, there's a place that he is bidding us to. And the old ox, well, the master ox, the master servant, we'll go with that, wants us to yoke up with him. And yoke to me speaks of work. To do your bidding, to do your calling, to do whatever you are, wherever you are, doing your thing. 
So when that first little spore comes, fungus, kick it out. Don't say it. Don't ponder on it. I believe the only way to cleanse the mind from the fungus is the blood and the water that, flew out, that, fl that flowed out of the cross. Scripture says that's what you do. And we're being led by the Holy Ghost day by day. But what's our heart? What's our position? What's my position? I got a friend. When I started out in the woodlands, and I don't know, 25 years ago, he took me to get my physical. He's a, it's kind of a small frame guy. Plays a banjo, all that stuff. I mean, he's a, he's a character. I love him. I, I love the guy. And and. The first day he met me, you know, I was to be a supervisor. That's the way, it's kind of like the military. It was, you came in as a lieutenant, as a little junior. You didn't know nothing. This guy's been on a piece of equipment all of his life, and all of a sudden you're a supervisor. <laughs> They'd ask me, hey, how's that look? Pretty good to me. <laughs> you know, I got the company truck and the company house, you know, and the beautiful bride and a baby on the way, you know. But he, he knew what he was doing. I, I, I like to go, we, we, have, we have our good times, and we're working, don't worry. But we'll be way out there in the middle of nowhere, and he'll be fixing the road for a logging crew, and I'll, I'll see him down there, so I have to go, and we talk on the phone. And this week, it was a timely thing, Mark. He, he pulled up, and he, you know, when you pull up to a motor grader, it's a big machine, so he's looking out through the glass, and he's not, he don't have the old, you know, Picking and grinning kind of look, you know, like he always does. He's upbeat, cowboy boots on, but he, he kind of was down a little bit. So he cracked the door open, the glass I could see through there, and he, where I could hear him, I rolled the window down, one of them buttons, I had to sit there, and good Lord, I've had the truck for three years, still don't know. <laughs> roll the window down, you know, maybe get voice commands or something. Golly. So I rolled all three windows down, and he's just sitting there looking at me. I, anyways. He cracks the door open. He don't have the same look on his face. And he said, and I'm, I'm confessing this in front of y'all. He got me to say this. Not bad. He said, uh, I told him I'm retiring. He worked for the company I worked for for a long time. And then he went to a contractor base. But it, he never missed a day, me and him both. So he's a contractor for He works for a man that owns a contracting company. So he says, I told him I'm, I'm retiring in a month. And he had a bad look on his face. I said, Doyle, what's up with you? Mr. Mr. Tommy, don't tell nobody this. <laughs> he hadn't announced it. But uh, he said, uh, he said, you know what's next for me, don't you? I said, a funeral? He got me to say it. Because <laughs> I know him so well, I knew. And he says, yeah. He said, that's my next chapter. I said, what? You're not saying that. Hold up. And, it, and he said something that really stuck with me. And my point is, is the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? But how come God, how come the, the fungus, how come the enemy always wants us looking ahead or looking behind? We can't be happy where we are. We can't be happy. And what did the apostle tell us? Now. He's a now God. You know, and he's sitting there and he about had a tear in his eye. We he's, a, he's a Pentecostal guy. We talk about the Lord and tongue talk and all that stuff. And he said, so he just, he went straight for the joke. I mean, he went right on down there. I'm like, dang, come on, dude. He's like, you know, when you get out of school, you're looking forward to getting a job. And then when you get a job, you're looking forward to finding a wife. And then when you find a wife, you're looking forward to have kids. And then when the kids are coming, you're looking forward for them to grow up. And then you're looking forward to retirement. And he goes, you know what? I just got this chapter, and I turned the chapter, and it's a funeral next. <laughs> Here's my point. Why can't we be? So this man looked ahead, and he looked behind. I'm like, oh, man, you're 60, you know, you're early 60s. You got tons more money than what Gene Autry, is that what he said? I mean, he owns hundreds of, he's, just, he's done very well, his family land. I mean, they, he's got his family right there with him. And my point is, why can't we be happy? The joy of the Lord is our strength. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There's a special something to <laughs> joy. 
there, there's more to joy than what we realize. So what, so what does the enemy want us to do? Wane, wax and dream of tomorrow and remember the past. But don't ever, do not ever get joyful right now. Because that will run him out. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? I mean, my buddy hadn't even turned his resignation in, was already planning his funeral, because that's just the way we do. Looking ahead. Looking ahead. And that's a trick of the enemy. I swear it is. It's got to be. Just don't get happy now. Don't be joyful now. Don't live in the now. Always think about what's going to happen next or dream about how good it was before or in the past. And that's, that's what robs, our, robs us and steals the peace from us. It steals it from us. And I'm not saying there's not difficult times. I, I never said that. He never said that. He didn't say that our heart wouldn't ache. But he did say, my peace, I give. And it wouldn't mean as much if it wasn't from somebody that was serious about it. My peace I give, not as the world gives. Gentle and lowly of heart. That's the key. We must be gentle and humble. It talks about bearing our cross every day. Somebody comes to you and you want to pop off and say something immediately. That's not very humble. I'm not talking about magic. I know we're not perfect. But either we're going to strive for this thing or we're not. And I'm tired of getting my butt kicked. And as the pressure increases and as responsibility increases and as life happens at a fast pace, what's my response? Am I gentle and humble in my response? Because when I exhibit a gentle and humble heart, who do I represent? I'm not talking about getting run over, not being the whipping boy. But if we can be gentle and humble with each other, with each other, <laughs> get me some water. My tongue is. <laughs> if we can get gentle and humble with ourselves, and gentle and humble with each other. We can begin to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. To me, rest, peace, jubilee, Sabbath. I like to make things simple, remember? It's all Yeshua. To me, it's just Him. We're not discrediting Holy Ghost. You know that. There's been a world of foundation about Him. And we can't access anything without Him. But as a dove leaves the lamb, we can't have a dog or a hog nature. I can't. And I think we got most of that stuff out of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're not talking gross sin. We're just talking about our response. I'm talking about my response. I'm talking about my mindset. And so when something comes, it can, you know it's not going to be a good thing. And we and we and I I boil I I barge through that check in my spirit to go ahead and say what I gotta say because I'm right in my own mind. It's not good. And I don't know that it's gonna get you in hell, but it's not gonna get you in the rest. It's not gonna get you in his promises. Let peace guard your heart. Let peace guard your mind. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Gentle and lowly in spirit. He stood down. He's the number one guy that ever stood down. He laid aside his glory, remember? He laid aside his glory. He laid that garment aside. The high priest did, but it was a representation of what Yeshua did and came to show us, to teach us, to tell us. There's more. 
and I'm not going to get where I'm supposed to be. I, I, personally, I can't worry about uh, signs, wonders, and miracles. All that will come if I get in the rest. Power will come. The oil that runs down the beard of Aaron, down to the hem of his garments, all comes out of rest. He doesn't strive for anything anymore. He's done. Labor to enter the rest. Remember how it says that? Labor to enter the rest. That might be the only thing he says to strive for and to work for is the rest. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Yahweh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We call upon you. You are the witness, the true witness. You are the water that flowed out of his side. You are life. You guide us just like you guided him. And I ask tonight, a heart cry tonight, continue to make me like him. Continue to make us like him. To operate in the rest and let this house be known as a house of peace and a house of rest. And a house of love. And a house of thankfulness. And a house of humility. In your son Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org. Or give us a call at 850-785-7625.